Le Chiv as a band is a recent phenomenon and they have been very busy. You can stream their latest single when the kids grow up on Spotify and if you haven't heard of them, you will. Today I'm joined by Pencil and Mossy to talk about their history and some of their current activity. Guys, thank you so much for being here. Great to be here. Thank you. Awesome. So um, you guys have been back in Australia for like over a year now, right? What has that been like and uh, do you prefer it to the States for making music and just kind of what you do? Mm, I don't know if I prefer it. I love it over here. It's super nice. Mm-hmm. Um, it's been good to be back here. And we can, we're finally starting to play shows again. We started playing our first like stand-up gigs again, which is nice. I don't know good. if we're over that side if we could do that. But um, yeah, no. <laughs> I, know, I, like, I like both places so much. I like being in America. I like, um, feel like we see a lot more new creative fun things and I do here at least. I don't know if you're the same, but I feel like you couldn't like, like they're just complete polar opposites. Like where, where we live in Australia is like an hour North of the city of Sydney. Okay. And it's kind of like small town living really. And then when we're in the States, we were living like downtown LA, which was like giant, giant culture shock for us. Yeah. Big difference. Um, so, I mean, have it, uh, having worked and lived in both places for, I mean, a good amount of time each, do you find it to be more or less accessible than the LA scene? Like in terms of, you know, music and, and shows and things like that? I mean, I feel like if you tour in America, you tour for a long time. If you tour here, it's like a month long. It's just yeah. like, there's yeah, not you, you as much. Some, you hit the, the major cities in, in Australia. It's mm-hmm. like four of them literally and then you just like little towns in between but and it's like in like australia is pretty much the same size as the united states like it's a bit bigger but like land yeah. mass wise so yeah you, you there's a lot there's a lot more touring opportunity in, in the states for sure okay and uh i guess speaking of um being in a i guess a different area than you're used to uh for you know just being together as a band and, and uh, living and things like that I guess I'll just bring up your um, sort of relationship with uh, Chris Gaylor through a complete uh, chance encounter. Chris Gaylor, for you know people who don't know of All American Rejects, uh, has been your current drummer, which is sick. Uh, how has that worked with you guys being back, like in Australia, with him? I'm assuming being still in LA. Yeah, it's been a. It's that's been one of the biggest bummers about coming home is that we couldn't like bring the band over. Americans couldn't actually get into the country. Mm-hmm. Um, Still oh, wow. which has been hard it's it sucks we've got a guy over here though that's really bad to play with but um yeah definitely excited to get back to chris's warmth and powerful drumming but he he rips yeah he rules so he yeah. um he doesn't just tour with you guys like he's like legitimately your drummer is that right yeah yeah cool yeah well he is at the moment. It's hard to have him here drum. We can't really Facetime him on screen when we tour or anything. <laughs> yeah. But as soon as as soon as things open up, we'll we'll be back. I'm surprised you can't can't do that yet. There's actually a pretty pretty hilarious story about um about how we we met Chris. Let's hear it. We were uh, we were at um we're at a bar that we like we spent a lot of time at in, heaps in time down out. in downtown LA and um. Chris so happened to be there one night and we'd been there for a couple of hours drinking and yeah, just kind of playing pool and carrying on a little bit. And um, we're drunk. Chris, ca- Chris came, um, Chris came there with his girlfriend and 
he he was just like, it was was he like, oh, well, oh, do you guys want to play doubles? Like, we'll verse you in pool or whatever. And I think the guys got chatting and and they found out that he was a drummer. No one knew like who he drums for. And we had kind of just moved there and we were like, oh, well, like we're, we're a band. We, we really need a drummer. Like, so I think one of the guys said, if we beat you in pool, um, you got to come and drum for us. And he was like, yeah, all right. <laughs> and anyway, long, long story short, like. We beat him. We beat him. I had a pool ball chip, chipped in at my head. <laughs> and he, he just thought we were the funniest guys he's, he's, he's ever met. So it was real nice, organic way of um, of it all coming together. Yeah. He lost again. I, I, I bet you he, he wishes he won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, so uh, going off of that, your manager and, uh, well, world-class videographer, I might add, Marcus Haney, uh, mentions in your EPK your undeniable sex appeal and massive charisma, which you know, he says kind of what drew um, Chris to you. And honestly, from what I understand, what drew him to you in the first place too. And honestly, he's right. It's totally undeniable. Um, what's the secret? I haven't, I haven't read that. Thank oh, you, nothing okay. to do with that. <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do with that right up. I'm I didn't even, I actually didn't, I actually didn't know that existed. That's kind of, that sounds like Marcus though. <laughs> I might get him to actually take that out because I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> that. <laughs> thank you for bringing that up hey yeah, yeah no problem uh, so now you know and you can have a conversation with Marcus mm-hmm. interesting okay so uh, in terms of music which is you know why we're here um, just sort of grow- going chronologically uh, for people who might not know Le Shiv used to kind of be the ruminators uh, Le Shiv definitely has a different sound and style um, but other than that what was what was kind of the thought process behind completely rebranding um, it's kind of weird. It's hard to explain to people. People ask us all the time, but um, okay. I think for us, we started when we were like 19 and like 10 years ago. And, um, we were just, we were like pretty, pretty rough kids. And we just had this, I think for us, we were like, we were always like the drunkest kids at the bar when we played. And we had like this, I guess we got pigeonholed into this garage, like surf scene over here, like where we live on the beaches. And, um, yeah. Eventually, we learned to play better and we were writing more music that meant more to us than just like a little party track, which is still fun. But I think we got pigeonholed and we, I, I kind of feel like we had a roof on top of us. And then we kind of discussed uh, starting a new group with the last album we did, um, Flight Sun 91, mm-hmm. with the Ruminators. It just felt different then. I mean, Mossy actually talked about like, do we just do it now, change the band? And um, we kind of thought we'd give the Ruminators one more. And then when we moved to LA, we lost members, got new members. We're writing music differently. We didn't like, Ruminates was just like a full jam every time. Like I'd come with a song and we'd just okay. jam it in the studio for hours and we'd play it over. And there was no structure to any of it. Mm. It was just like whatever we felt. And then with the new stuff, when we got to America, we um, were kind of sitting there writing it behind a computer and we're like having to like tap drum beats in and stuff which we've never done before but it kind of like just painted a different picture even just like as far as songwriting goes and then the songs kind of just developed differently we didn't really feel like there was any limit to the writing because um we weren't trying to play it live we're just trying to make us like make a song Mm -hmm. and they just kind of grew further than what we were doing 
and like losing like the original members and stuff it just that always felt like a core thing for the Ruminators to me so it didn't really feel that core we played like a few shows of the Ruminators with different drummers and it just never really felt as special as like the original members we had okay I see so I, I kind of feel like for us the new writing style and the that loss of core members it just felt right to do a new project and we'd kind of been talking about it and we kind of just wanted to like take the roof off of whatever we had with the ruminators and be able to like go wherever we wanted okay so that's kind of but yeah it's kinda. also it also was like less like i mean you can call it a rebranding but it was like it's just like to us it was like a new project we left like the ruminators like untainted just we, we love what it is and what it was and It'll always be there and it'll always be that. And this is, this is, the Lashiv is just like a completely new project. And it's, yeah. Okay. I'll so, say we'll never play a Ruminator show again, though, either. Rumors are going around, Jack. Coming <laughs> <laughs> soon. Um, so, you, but you guys, I mean, having having only, I mean, like five songs uh, as of now with Lashiv, have you guys played Ruminator's songs at your recent shows? No? Nah, uh, we kind of we kind of made an effort to really just hang up the boots okay. as far as the shift goes. Um, there's some songs that we've that I've written and um, there's like hints at like old melodies and lyrics and stuff that I'm interested in, like not like fully forgetting it. But um, I don't know. We'll play shows and we'll have people call out our old songs now, and you kind of get a script. No, we're not doing it. But um. <laughs> But yeah, we only have five songs out, but our set, like our Lashiv set is an hour long. We've got okay. like, we've got a lot of music, like unreleased music. It's just kind of just the nature of how it rolls when you're starting out, I guess. Yeah. So you guys like play unreleased stuff live is sort of a, I bet that gets really exciting, especially for people who haven't yeah. had it before or heard it before. Excuse me. Yeah. Well, we kind of we kind of moved to America and didn't have a band for like almost a year. So we mm. just spent it writing the whole time. So oh, we, wow. We've like if you want to put an album's worth, we've probably got like three albums worth of music that's just wow. sitting there. Like I think a lot's probably not going to be heard, but um, like ever, pro- probably not. I think that's the same with every band. We'll I guess, demos, yeah. Jack. yeah, Jack, we'll give you a private link. Okay, sweet. I'm excited for that. Um, so with all that unreleased music, uh, I'm assuming just ready to go. Are you just kind of waiting for the right time, I guess, to release it? Um. I mean, we've always been like wanting to put it out as soon as we can. Um, okay. And then, like with COVID going on and moving around, we kind of got delayed a lot. Yeah. Um, but I think as of now, we've got this when the kids grow up just came out, mm-hmm. and we've got like I think there's like six or seven tracks all fully finished that are ready to go. So I think we'll just um kind of drop them throughout the year, and we'll keep recording. Um, I'm not too sure what the full game plan is, but we're definitely keen to keep a role, like more so than we have been. Cool. So, which is good because we got we got stuff in the bag now. Like we've got um, we've obviously got like we've got a bunch of songs recorded and mastered and ready ready to go. We've also recently just done a few other recordings, but that's a big thing as well. Like getting into the studio and like recording and you know, that's like one of those things that like, yeah, to catch 22 at the moment as well. Cause like our band's like split up and I mean, it seems like the perfect time to be doing that with like mm-hmm. shows and stuff, not being really a thing, but 
Yeah, it's hard and it's money and it's, you know. Yeah. But we'll, we'll get there. All right. Um, speaking of recent music, uh, your latest single is, again, something you guys probably haven't seen. Uh, Marcus wrote about it. It's hypercurrent and it's unapologetically political. So would you guys mind speaking on that a little bit? Well, we're actually looking for a description just before this. Oh, well, there you go. That makes sense. Uh, hyper-political, I mean, I guess it kind of is. I um, We wrote that when we first got to America, so it's um, okay. it was kind of just like a naive sort of um, outsider perspective of coming to America and what, what it felt like to us, I guess. Um, I mean, I've always gone back and forth from America. My mum's from Kansas, so oh, wow. I've kind of had an idea of like, especially with them with guns in Kansas, they're pretty happy about it. Um, but it just, it was like more of like just a, um, a light. Um, for me, it was just a, it's not that light, it's kind of mally, but. Um, there's a little assessment of like your first kind of. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, there's only like, there's two verses, one's about guns which is just in our opinion pretty crazy how mm. lax everyone is there yeah and then second verse is about the old president used to have which i think is i think is um good thing he's gone yeah but um there was like a little comment on that guy and then yeah. um, no, you guys can get know, as political as you want it's totally huh? cool you guys can get as political as you want it's totally cool yeah, I mean, I don't consider ourselves like super political, so okay. it's kind of weird to like have one political sort of stay. The chorus in particular is very, um, it's a very broad, like you can take it as you want. Like okay. it, it it's kind of encompasses a lot of, you know, I mean, it's, it's pretty, in my opinion, it's a pretty powerful, powerful lyric in a sense. Yeah, yeah. It, the chorus is more worldwide. It's not like just America. It's more, it's not like I think kids are fucking up anything. It's more um, us and the people with us of kind of like putting the world in, in a bad state that when it does come time for when the kids are older, I feel like it's going to be worse. It's like, I don't want to be around them. It's not them. I'm not, like, I don't care what they do, but it's just like, I feel like we've everyone's been contributing. We're the problem, man. We're the we're an issue. <laughs> All right, so it was sort of based around um, a first experience in the U.S. and yeah, just yeah, it was kind of just like the first tape. Well, it was like we'd been there like a couple months when we wrote it, and um, I don't know. I, I think I was just playing the piano, and it was. I feel like lyrically, I kind of just try to take the first things that come to mind. I don't yeah. try to sit there and ponder about things a lot. Um, but that means I'll have to write heaps and heaps and heaps until like things do stick. I don't just write like, I wouldn't just pick any old lyric, but um, I know they just kind of kind of fell out of my mouth while I was playing piano and then it kind of painted a whole picture for the whole song just in that first verse about mm -hmm. the bang bang father and daughter go to another gun show yeah uh, but yeah, it was fairly simple song to write and get out but okay yeah so um i guess with that i'll mention uh on your guys's uh, u.s tour with skeggs there's a lot i love all the videos on your instagram um sort of the earlier ones uh from your tour there's a lot of shots of like middle america and the south and i think there's actually a good good amount to do with uh with guns and things like that. And so what was your experience like down there, especially? 
What did you guys think of it? Um, we were we 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 would like so so we we bought this this van mm-hmm. for the tour because it was just like honestly like being a support van on a tour like that you're not getting paid a lot of money and like there was that we went on tour with six of us um, Jamison being the sixth member with a with a camera okay so we bought this like big sprinter van and like we fitted it out with like six bunks in the back that were like spaced like that. So like, if you like, it was a you couldn't, tight coffin. <laughs> you couldn't sleep on your side. Your shoulder would like be touching the guy above you type type thing. Yeah. Um, but anyway, we would drive like, we would like obviously drove a lot of, a lot of miles on that trip and we'd get out of the car and like places like Kansas and mm-hmm. like middle America. And you would, you would literally feel like, like aliens at some, sometimes people would like you, you sent that phone to people there that, they would just like stare at you and be like, where are you from? <laughs> like, like long hair, everyone had long hair and we're yeah. just like, it's like, how'd you fit that many people in that car? <laughs> like, no yeah. So yeah, that was, it was kind of, it was kind of, yeah, it was really weird. You're like, we're like aliens over there. Actually, my, my visa actually says, this is what you guys call it. Um, I think it says something like alien with extraordinary talent. <laughs> That's it's a pretty, good title. It's pretty sick. That's yeah. great. But sounds, like a, sounds like a I song or something. I don't think I'm extraordinarily talented anyway. Oh, yeah. come on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So. I'm, yeah, that, that's how I saw it. I saw it very, very, um, yeah, you're very alien-like there. And, but, like, having said that, like, like on, on, like, the West Coast and, like, and also the East Coast, I, I feel like it's a lot more like home, like, yeah. everyone you know so yeah the middle of the country is definitely it's just a different different beast but it's so fun it's so awesome like going yeah. like state to state it's just like it changes so quickly it's just like yeah it's really awesome i love it I, so i, I mean I, i'd say that uh i mean i'm i'm originally from portland um so i think people from People from the more urban areas uh, on the on the coast definitely also feel like aliens uh, in the south and and in the middle. It's a it's a really um, interesting country. There's, I'll just say that. There's too many countries in your country. Yes, it feels like that. <laughs> Very well said. Yeah. On the topic of uh, of being in the United States, and I'm kind of jumping around a little bit here, um, but with ruminators, this is something that I was wondering quite a bit. Um, with Boys Off Work, obviously a song about quitting your jobs uh, to do music full time. Um, again, Marcus writes, your jobs were woodworking and possum trapping. And I just want to know what that's like. Yeah. <laughs> well, Jal of our bass player is the, the possum piper. Okay. All that's right. But um, yeah, he'll, um, he'll come to your place and make sure that the possums can't keep getting back into your ceiling. All right. But it's it's um I can give you a brief description if you want what his um, job role. Well, so there's entry points. <laughs> I love this right now. There's entry points that a possum can get into your ceiling. He'll come block them off, and then he'll take a tile out or put a one-way door in the roof, so the possum can come out, but it won't be able to get back in. Oh, okay. So. It doesn't cost you 350 bucks plus GST and and then another 150. No, that covers up to eight holes, I think. Four. Four holes. And if there's any more holes, then 
it's an extra 150 bucks per hole or something. Yeah. That's yeah. pretty steep. We spent a lot of time in the car with him taking um, business calls. <laughs> we used to be able to recite his whole, yeah. his whole spiel. Like they'd describe it to him. He's like, what hours is that happening? And they'd be like, between 3 and 4 a.m. He'd be like, rats, mate. <laughs> yeah, rats. <laughs> it's not a possum. We'd always be in the back going, you got rats, mate. You got rats, mate. <laughs> rats is a problem. I would think possum possums are too. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty cute though. That's true. The little, the little ringtail ones, they're cute. Mm-hmm. They're cute. Mm-hmm. Po- the possums are way cuter than the possums you have in America. Okay. I didn't realize they were different kinda, species. Your ones are kind of gross. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, they're definitely nasty. Large. Yeah. Little rat. Everything's days. bigger over there. Everyone's bigger in America. Not everyone, everything is bigger. Like your seagulls are huge compared to our seagulls. <laughs> yeah, huge seagulls. <laughs> what about your guys' <laughs> insects and like bugs and things like that in Australia? Insects and bugs. Bigger here, bigger here for sure. Yeah. Bigger here for sure. It's funny actually coming coming home from like, like, because we kind of like, we, we kind of live in, in the jungle kind of thing. Um, but coming home um, from like America and stuff, it's like, it always, it's all, always overwhelming with how loud it is with like the bugs and the wildlife and everything here. It's like, you, it feels fine. Like I'm, I'm yeah. used to it again yeah. now, but. If you caught us in summer, you wouldn't be able to hear us. You just hear the cicadas yeah. hissing the whole time. They're, they're fucked up. I can't even record demos at the house because they're so loud. You can, but there's yeah. cicadas. That's horrible. Every, Squealing every track will have <laughs> in the background. It's pretty, pretty loud here. All right. Well, as an opening band, because you guys have opened uh, for for a couple people now, you've obviously opened for Skegs. We just talked about that. Um another really just awesome charismatic group of guys um you've also opened for group love a couple times before and will again right sometime hopefully soon yeah well we did with the ruminators for sure over here in Oz, yeah. and then um we're booked on their tour in america and then like a week out COVID hit so as right. this year we haven't got to play with them yet but um yeah once everything picks up i really want to get back on the road with them i love that whole whole band um that they're awesome and and their live show is just so fucking good cool it's like a band that you like because we play with bands and you watch the band you're like oh yeah i'll sit in the green room and i'll chill for this one (laughs) but like that band genuinely every time they came out i was like yes i get to watch watch them again (laughs) go and watch it yeah have you seen them no i haven't i was going to on that tour that got canceled Yeah. yeah yeah but um i don't know they're just like so fun they're just like great energy great mm-hmm. energy hannah and christian have just got like the best thing going on like vocally and um partnership wise it's just like i don't know it's just a it, it, when we toured with them it was just like so nice to be able to see an actual genuinely good live rock band play every night and um that was one of my biggest bummers with the tour getting cancer i just couldn't wait to hang out and watch them play each night but um yeah Obviously, it would have been fun to play every night too. Oh, yeah. But I'm more bummed about that than anything. I was like, ah. But hope, yeah, hopefully again, once once whatever, like America gets sorted out and works their shit, maybe we can come back and play again. Yeah, we'll see. Hopefully soon. Um, and speaking of live shows, you guys have played, what, a couple now? Like in the past couple weeks uh, back home? Yeah. Yeah, we just, we just started playing again. We played when we first got back and it was all seated. And then... Um, we just played our first two stand-up shows, so yeah, 
it was so nice to see like a mosh pit happen in front of my face again. <laughs> it was just like nice to see people dance, smiling, bumping around each other and yeah. walk up to the end and someone can reach out and like touch your leg again or something or you can like, it just felt really nice to like feel the crowd again. Yeah. I was talking to someone this morning about playing like the sit down shows and like feel like we're making excuses up about like, no, nah, it's still good because like <laughs> people are sitting there and they're actually watching yeah. you. But, um, which was nice, um, but it's just like- It was better than nothing. Yeah, it was better than nothing, but it is so much nicer to play to a moving crowd again. It would have been ideal for some bands. It's just like um, our music doesn't really yeah. lend itself to a, seated, to a seated crowd. But have you guys been doing, like, has there been any like kind of, uh, did you guys, like did venues take that kind of approach where they'd have tables that were like distance apart? Did you? There's there's bars that are doing things like that and they'll put up like a big plexiglass thing in front of the stage uh, where the musicians are. Yeah, really interesting. Um, And they'll do, you know, like space seating, um, but there's not a lot of it going on. I see it once in a great while, but it's it's also usually in those like smaller like bars and stuff too. So you guys are going to go mad when I mean, we are as well, kind of, I guess the whole world (laughs) is but when when it all just goes back to normal, like one day, just go, all right, yeah. Full capacity, all standing. It's going to be crazy. Crowd, serving, stage diving. On the one hand, I feel like I feel like once live shows start back up again, they're going to be like even like what like you're saying, even more crazy than they were before. Yeah. There's definitely a good energy at the the stand up shows now. Even yeah. the sit down, there was like great energy. People were just like keen to get out and like yeah. go see a show. Like the fact that you could do it was a big thing. Um. But I swear your country's doing it. I've seen videos of like shows and stuff. I'm like, what the hell? Like people line dancing and shit. I guess it's oh yeah. Like, See, that's that's Texas and Florida. <laughs> yeah. Where, yeah. Where are you again? Uh, DC area currently. Yeah. Okay. Are they doing much there? Not really. Seems like I still just there. They should be on top of it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um. You'd think, but uh. But no, not a whole lot going on in terms of live shows. Um. I mean, you guys actually came to DC on your US tour. How'd you like it? I can't remember that one. What, oh. what venue? Can you name the venue we played at? Yeah, I actually went to see you guys. It was Rock and Roll Hotel. It was really small. It was sort of a dive bar, and there was an upstairs after the show with a bar. Huh. Yes, yes, I do remember. I believe Marcus came to that that gig. Do you remember? Us, what sure. was there? Is there? A pizza store kind of across the road to the right a little bit. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> I could have been Columbus. No, it wasn't Columbus. That was, yeah. Maybe Saturday I, night we had to sleep over at Toby's. I'm pretty sure we slept over at Toby's. In DC? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was the night. That was a big night. Yeah, it was a big night. Seemed like DC was fun. I like DC. Yeah, it was really, honestly, like, there wasn't really a stop on that tour that I was like, oh, that sucked. You know, like... Every every night was awesome. Hey, actually, tell me this: when you walk in the door, was the stage on the right there? Um, no. Ooh, nah. <laughs> it I depends. Columbus, I'm in Columbus. I think I'm in Columbus. Too. I'm in Col- Did you go to the bar across the road where we were throwing darts? It's like really absurdly. Is that that one? Yeah, I remember there was a dart lineup of dartboards, yeah. and I did a death run. And we were throwing cigarettes at the dartboard. And, yeah, yeah, yeah. Good tour. <laughs> it was a good show. Cool. Yeah. 
So, I mean, with that, you know, with uh, with uh, talking about group love and everything like that, you guys obviously probably look up to them a little bit uh, as performers. Is there anyone else that you look up to from like a, a musical standpoint? Yeah, there's heaps. Julian Casablancas, for oh, yeah. sure. Yep, he's one of my favorite. Um, I mean, like current performers right now. Anybody, yeah. I mean, Ju- Julian's huge. Um, big Beatle fan, but never seen him play or anything. So <laughs> <of videos>. <laughs> now you'll get there. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait. Um, you saw Macca, but... Uh, I saw Paul Macca, yeah. Uh, as performers in general? Performers or musicians? Um, yeah, I mean... I don't know who's really been pumping me up at the moment. Um, I feel in general like just whatever the strokes are doing and the voids are doing like has been like my biggest like musical influence of um, of like our times right now but growing up like I feel like growing up I got way more influenced by performers than I do now like I love the vines I like the White Stripes strokes. The first three Kings of Leon's album really pumped me up too. Um, I, just, I love that era of like energy live as well. Yeah. It just has a good good vibe. You were definitely growing up in the yeah. early 2000s era. Yeah. Oh, you know who I, I think's really fucking sick and their live show is just like psychos, idols. We saw them a few times in the States and I think what they're doing is so good. It's just not really like fitting to any mold. They're doing them completely and um, cool. Just their live performance is just like a kick in the head, gut, balls, shin. I don't know. It's just fucking kicks every part of you. They're like just so, so sick. But they're cool. It's funny though how like it works with like like in like influence wise like. I feel like there's not really a particular band or genre that like influences the way we do things. We're always like, with Le Shiv in particular, like we're like, we just want to like, obviously like the goal is to make like catchy music that is like kind of diff- really different in a, in a way. But yeah. but yeah, it might be like, we might draw influence like drum wise, we might be like, oh, that like that, Madonna song has a sick like drum beat you know what I mean like yeah. it doesn't nece- it's not necessarily like the strokes is like what we're striving to be like it's like we draw like I know Pencil would like draw a lot of influence from like the way Julian writes his melodies and stuff and yeah. I, I feel like we're similar in, in that sense like vo- vocal melodies and stuff but like I, I don't really listen to our music and say like oh we sound like the strokes or like you know, like you, you just like pick pieces from everywhere. Like I'm like guitar playing. I'm super influenced by the Voids because like they really strive to like, like tonally do things that are really different, but like keeping it really like melodically driven. Mm-hmm. So yeah, so it just like it's just a you just pick pieces from all walks of life. But it's funny, like I don't actually listen to like that much music and go. Oh, you know, particularly when we're writing, we're just, mm. we're just. I think 
I think with the Ruminators old band, like I, I listen to each song. I, I go, I know who I was listening to every time. Okay. Like I hear one of those songs. But the ship, I feel it's a little bit more confusing of what we're listening to. Um, and because like it's a, it's a, a, a good dynamic where I'll come in with my vision of the song and then Jake's being like really kind of more producing it all, I guess, where I'll come in for track and he'll sit there for an hour. I don't like to like look at the screen for that long, but Jake can kind of like be a bit more concentrated and yeah. he, he'll sit there and build this like huge soundscape over something that I can bring. It's like a good dynamic. And then like Jaff will come in and put his part in. And then when it gets to the band, there's a new wave of evolution with Chris drumming and yeah, there's so, still arranging going on like after all that whole process. Like we'll go yeah. into the jam, like rehearse the jam room. Like here's the song. Like what what do you have to offer? Mm. Yeah, it's weird. I feel like the the shift stuff now. It's like it goes through like a, a like a machine of like different cycles mm-hmm. where ruminators are like. I'd come in for some, like, I want it to sound like this. Or, like, we kind of all have, like, a vision of what it's going to sound like then and then. We'll, like, mm-hmm. try to make it then. But even with, like, Le Chiv now, like, I'll put my part in. I won't even sit there sometimes while Jake does it. So it's, like, and I'll come back in after an hour or two. I'm, like, oh, sick. Like, cool. I didn't think it was going to go like that. Like, it's just, like, it's kind of exciting. Like, we'll sit there and, like, talk a lot um as well it's not just like everyone does their own thing yeah collaborative still, but i feel like there's a lot more like left to each member to kind of um do their thing it's kind of nice it's kind of exciting to come in and like just hear we're all generally pretty on the same page as far as the vision and writing and if someone takes a completely different turn it's always kind of like an exciting thing for everyone mm-hmm. i was going oh i didn't hear that mm-hmm. yeah there's a lot of so, there's a lot of brains in, in working in our in our little operation i think collaboration as a band um is i mean obviously the most essential thing i think about being in a band is like bouncing ideas off each other have either of you like come up with a song completely by yourself and then you know brought it to the band yeah i've done i've definitely done a few um there's some uh i don't know if any of the the shiv ones are but ruminate some yeah yeah, um, yeah. Even still, like, like there's Lashiv songs where we've all like, or we've all kind of, you know, spent mm. the time like. But, but it's funny because like, even still, like it might be like, you know, like eighty percent pencil, twenty percent myself, or like eighty percent myself, twenty percent pencil with certain things yeah. at the moment. But it's still like you still leave that going like that felt like it was like us doing that together, you know, yeah. it still feels like. I know Bring a Brick and you know the reason why I came home from like, I don't know where I was, I came home from like somewhere and Jake showed me the song at different times. I was just like pumped up. I was like, he yeah. wrote the whole thing. I was like, oh, sick. And like all I had to do was just like sing and put a melody on it. And it was like really, really nice to work that way too. But even still, like those songs, like might have the music only, like no vocal melodies or anything, and then like mm. pencil come in, like and like instantly just be singing vocal melody. I like, oh, sweet. Yeah, I feel <laughs> for me, I, I have to be super um, spontaneous with writing it, like kind yeah. of almost be like not that conscious of it coming, and 
I don't know if those two songs. I think Bring a Brick was a bit harder to like yeah. do it. Took he had it for a while and it took me like he had it and like months later I had to like have another go and it kind of clicked finally. You know the reason why it was instant. Yeah, as soon like as you had those words all in yeah. your head. As soon as I heard you know the reason why I was like you couldn't stop me until it was written. I was like, just I was so excited. The yeah. arrangement he did pumped me up so much and we kind of took it like kind of a bit whack and weird and the demo is like pretty bit weirder, but we kind of made it a bit more theatrical, but um, still got a key change in the, in the final one. We love a key change. Yeah. <laughs> oh, absolutely. But like, I don't know, it changes every, it changes every song, the like involvement of everyone. Yeah. Um, but yeah. absolutely. So Pencil, you write most of the lyrics? Yeah, I'll write all the lyrics. Okay. So how do those, how do you write the lyrics? Like, how do you start? Like, because obviously sometimes it just kind of comes to you and then other times, like, what do you do? Uh, usually, usually if I'm writing a song, I'll be like writing the guitar or keyboard, whatever it is at the same time as lyrics. I literally, I can't sit down and go, I'm going to write a song right now. Okay. I just have to pick up an instrument and play and play and play until they kind of both come together. There's like a few rare instances where like I'll, Hear, hear a lyric or write a lyric or draw a drawing that has like words that would fit, fit as a lyric but most most of the songs that I'm like most proud of and pumped on are kind of the ones that kind of come subconsciously and like all at once and that's kind of how I strive to write so I just have to play heaps and heaps until um songs hit um but yeah usually chords and lyrics come at the same time because the chords will give me like a feeling of what I want to sing about or vice versa. Like if I have a lyric, it might move the chord progression in a way, but I kind of try to do it all at once. I mean, if you wrote my lyrics out and you read them, it probably wouldn't be like the most like poetic looking sheet, which I'm kind of jealous of people that can just write oh, like yeah. a nice like, spoken word thing. But I feel like my stuff kind of needs to go, go all together. But yeah. Um, yeah, I just play so much until until something sticks really. I wanted to kind of find a way to work this in. Um, is that, I really like your drawings, uh, like the stuff that you post on Instagram and things like that. And I know you've done like a lot of tattoos for people. Is that kind of similar to how you think of like drawings and stuff? Like, you know, how does that, um, how does that work? Drawings come easier than songs for sure. Okay. I like, I draw myself heaps. So like, I'll just draw I'll start with my nose and I'll either like have my eyes closed or open and I'll, I don't know if I'm going to make him smiling or, cr or like sad yet. But I usually just draw a face and for an emotion and then like from there I'll like pick out a word and then I'm like, oh, I'll like put a body in here and doing it. But that one just drawing up like through school or anything, I just used to, my, my, my pages at school was just like drawings and like a little bit of writing <laughs> in between it all. Um, but I've just always had a pen and paper to draw anything. So I, same thing, I just draw and draw and draw. Like I've got books and books that no one's seen oh. the artwork, but some drawings are way better than others and some are like just really like, <laughs> why do you even bother writing that? <laughs> so I don't know, that's, I, that's another thing. I just got to do it heaps and heaps yeah. until like something. But I just kind of create, I'm like an impatient person, so I don't like try to um, perfect anything. It's like, I just want like, I just like want a stronger, stronger idea than like the end product than anything so i just try to make as much as i can awesome 
So like bringing it back around, you guys were just kind of talking about uh, the last EP, like from December with those two songs, Bring a Brick and You Know Reason Why. Um, you talked about kind of, I don't remember which one, one of them sitting for a couple months. How did those two songs find their way like to each other to be released at the same time? Um, I think I think maybe through Mossy's writing or Jake's writing, okay. um, he kind of wrote and I guess you'd say produce both those tracks and I just had to sing on it. And we're kind of looking for two songs to just kind of get us through the year. Um, cool. Cause we had, um, when the kids grow up and a bunch of other songs ready to go. But with COVID, we kind of just wanted to like see what was happening. So we wanted to put like a couple songs out and they were just, um, I don't know, I feel like it was a good time to put those songs out. I don't know like uh, whether they would have got the light any other time than like during that period. So. They just felt, to me, it felt like a nice release to like have out, and I think sonically for hit for Jake's writing, they kind yeah. of felt good as a collective. Um, but the polar opposites in a sense, but yeah, it was kind of it was yeah. It was, I mean, I don't know. It's, I feel like yeah. I think for me as well, like I wanted. I wanted to, um, yeah, with Le Shiv, like from the start, I wanted to make sure we, we show, cause like you, you, you've seen our set. I don't mm-hmm. know how well you, well you remember it, but it definitely is like, it's not like you can't just watch us and go, oh, like they just like play that kind of music or, or right. whatever. Like I agree, yeah. a lot of our stuff is kind of like, whoa, that was like way too intense. And then some of it's like, oh, this guy's going to kiss the guitar and like they're playing like a nice piano type tone song now. So yeah, I definitely from the start, like I didn't want to like ballpark us into like, we only do this or we only do that. So. Yeah, they did feel like a good bit of a breakaway from No Freak and um, yeah. Buzzcloud. And I know what we got coming up next is like with Kids Grow Up and everything's kind of like on another, path to like the same bob so we're like let's put these little weirder ones in before we go back to like a bit more normal bigger grander things again yeah so it's just kind of a nice time to do it that's cool that's really exciting um so with with you know the reason why um there's a lot of different musical elements in there i think there's like a little bit of like there's like synth and like strings right and a little bit of clarinet is that what i heard yeah, you do have a clarinet solo, yeah. Yeah, there's a clarinet solo. Okay. That was that that was that solo was actually um, written on a keyboard with like a saxophone tone. I remember Jake sent me the song, and um, he had the tackiest like little like keyboard solo with this fake <laughs> sax, and I was like make it longer, like <laughs> yeah, two right. three minute solo. Like I just want to hear that go forever. We cut it in the end. It was a lot longer. It was yeah. like a good minute, I reckon, of saxophone solo. Yeah. But um, we ended up getting our buddy Ollie Lyon back to do the clarinet solo in it. And he, he he added a few harmonies to it and made it really super nice. Yeah, yeah. it's really But cool. I always loved Jake's arrangement in that. Like the musically, as soon as I heard it, I was just so obsessed with the sound he made. I was like, what? I was like, how do you do this? I like freak out sometimes when I hear what um, yeah. Jake comes up. I'm, I'm not, I'd, I'd like never played much piano or keyboard or whatever. So whenever I do, I feel like I'm playing things that 
like just like around like around that spot that just like I don't think if you knew how to play piano you probably wouldn't do mm. it's just kind of like yeah so but it, yeah it had a kind of like a weird mood to it which was like yeah I don't know cool and then that totally in contrast with bring a brick I love like that shuffle beat in the beginning I think that's really cool um no that 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 beat you know what like there's a like i've all i've personally always loved just like a floor time snare and kick type beat like i'm i just even like i set the other night i turned around and i was like watching this play for a second and billy was just like smashing the floor (laughs) i was like i can love the floor time um so yeah i just like I don't know. There's a few songs that I'm always like, I want to make a song with that beat. Like, like I love that like disco beat as well. Like that. Oh yeah. No, all I've tried, but it always kind of sounds a bit lame. But I, you know, like certain. Yeah, I don't know. Just went into that one with a beat, going like, I love this beat, and then, and then the bass line. It's like so simple, but just like I don't know, just like a. Just like a bit of a stumper. That's cool. Um, Stop you. Move your head like that. <laughs> yeah, I, I picture that song totally getting like an audience riled up. Yeah, uh, it feels good to play live. Oh, yeah. I was logging on to a virtual class and I was blasting that song and I didn't realize my mic was unmuted. So my whole class heard some leash <laughs> of at like 8 a.m. in the morning. So. <laughs> It was pretty cool uh, and very awkward. Heaps so, of people holding their phone up shazamming. Yeah. Saying, what is this? <laughs> <laughs> so that was really all the questions I have. It's been about 45 minutes now. Um, thanks again, guys. It's been it's been awesome. So listen to Le Shiv's latest single, When the Kids Grow Up, on Spotify, and stay tuned for more to come. Le Shiv is the real deal, and I have a feeling we'll be seeing a lot more of them in the very near future. Guys, thank you so much again for being here and answering my questions. Hope you can talk again real soon. Thank you very much, Jack. Thank you, man. Have a lovely time. Thank you. It's time we get some more (laughs) mimosas.